Support for MPB comes from the Mississippi Museum of Art in Jackson. What Became of Dr. Smith by artist Noah Satterstrom is on view now through September 22, 2024. Learn more at msmuseumart.org. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. And today we're continuing on with our preview of the Governor's Arts Awards for this year, which will be taking place. It will be a broadcast-only awards ceremony this year because of the pandemic. So set your, your TiVo, set your schedule to be watching MPB television on Friday, February 19th at 8 p.m. That's the, when, when the broadcast version, the broadcast of the Mississippi Governor's Arts Awards will be taking place. And joining me today is one of our this year's recipients. She'll be receiving the Excellence in Music Award uh, for the 2021 Governor's Arts Awards. Miss Nellie McGinnis, better known as Nellie Mack. Nellie, welcome. Thank you, Larry. Thank you so very kindly for hosting the set first and foremost. Congratulations for your continuous and excellence in that. Also, I'm honored to be here. Well, thanks so much for joining us. We're doing this remote like most of the MPB broadcasts these days, even though we're in the same town. Um, but for people who are tuning in, who are not, who are unfamiliar with your work, give people an overview of kind of who you are and what you do as a musician. Well, do we have a hundred years? <laughs> Let's. We're going to get to all the detail, but just kind of give them the, if you had two minutes or less to tell somebody. Okay. I'm Nellie McInnes, and I'm best known on stage as Nellie Mack. Uh, I'm the first professional female bass player out of the state of Mississippi. And of course, I've gone a few places in my life. And I've gone through educational uh, trails and everything else and played with some major celebrities. And I, I just won the Governor's Award for Excellence, as Larry mentioned which is a very prestigious award and my higher power really thank those that felt like I was deserving enough. I am honored and I'm appreciative. So here we are today. I am Nellie Mack. So you've played bass in all types of different types of uh, situations, different types of music, jazz, blues, soul, R&B, uh, classical you've done. But let's kind of go back to the beginning. You were born here in Jackson and grew up. Talk about music in your family and in your home as you were growing up and, and how you connected with it first. Growing up, um, I come from humble beginnings, first and foremost. And I became a teen mom. And there were situations where I was, I really thought I was going to be a professional tennis player because I, I was never beaten playing it from junior high to high school. But when I dropped out, my brother, Walter Gardner, um, had already tried to get me to play the organ with payments, and then I had my interests on the bass. So once I became pregnant and had my, my, my son, he felt like it was something else I needed to do since I had talent in it. Other, other than what might occur being a teen mom in a high school dropout. So he kept coming over, teaching me the bass. 
And I went from there when he saw that I was moving on my own. He went in one direction. I went in the other. That was my early years. He took me out to places once he got mother's consent, you know, to keep my son and I'll be back. When he gave me a few dollars for that, I was just intrigued and tickled to death that somebody had given me some money for doing that. And I fell in love with the instrument. The more I did it, the more I fell in love with it. At first, when I first, he first took me out, people would watch me, they would laugh as though I was some kind of spectacle in some kind of performance or another. And that bothered me mentally. But then eventually I continued to fall in love with the instrument itself. I start not hearing or seeing that then those sneak the snickers and all that turned into salad and then pointing and then wondering. I could feel from the crowd. So that with a lot of high power friend kept me on the path that I was in. And once I, be, I became uh, educated in, in the area of music, but not particularly on the instrument that I had gone in there to uh, study on, because back in those days, uh, certain university didn't have certain types of programs in music. And I needed technical studies, not note-to-note learning studies. However, because of crisis situation in the family, I had to remain here, even though I could have gone anywhere through the paperwork. I chose to stay here and go into classical um, right. music. And I became principal cellist in that and the president of the orchestra. Let's and, go back before we get to, to, to your education. Let's go back kind of tell us a little bit about you had a, a grandmother who was a a church pianist or organist, is that right? I had a grandmother that was heavily into tea parties, and she wanted her granddaughter to play church music. Oh, for the tea parties. It, it started out that way. I went to the YWCA for lessons, but I kept running to the gym, and uh, that didn't work too well. So Junior said he could teach me. My older brother, he was staying with my grandmother. And it was a music room that we had with all the musical instruments in there. He started out teaching me a song or two, made her happy, but eventually he was teaching me other things and she would keep shouting out in the hallway because it was a pretty big house. Huh. <laughs> about four uh, out on the porch, you know. And uh, she was, I don't hear any church music. <laughs> <laughs> He kept saying that so much that eventually she just left in her life. <laughs> You're listening to the Arts Hour. I'm Larry Morrissey, and our guest today is Nellie McGinnis, best known as Nellie Mack. She's a bass player and a band leader in the central Mississippi area, and she is the re- one of the recipients of the Governor's Arts Awards this year. So tell me just a little bit about your brother, uh, as your older brother who taught you. What kind of what was he doing on the scene? As a, he was a guitar player, right? He played multiple instruments. He started out, well, he really paints well. Oh, my God, he paints the most beautiful, warm pictures of beauty, you know, landscapes and things and natural 
pictures in 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 uh, 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 um, a community settings and things of that nature. But he was self-taught on bass, and this guy was so good at what he does. He would be sleep and study playing. It was so funny. Dr. Holly, Kermit Holly told me stories about my brother. He said, Nelly, you trying to find somebody to teach you technically. You need to listen to your brother. I know you guys are fighting musically right now because you're going in one direction and he tried to uh, tell you another, but he's the best teacher you need to have. He said, Nelly, some of the music we used to play when we would go across the river over there, when we leave our jobs, Walter would go to sleep and we would pay somebody two or three dollars to hold Walter up. He would never miss a note. <laughs> <laughs> he said, you and Walter need to get that together. Of course, we tried many times and we met at mother's house. Uh, for holidays and things like that, but we learned to never talk music because we are getting into disagreements about it. But I always appreciated everything he tried to tell me and the things he did show me when he was here. I love him for that. That's why I dedicated that award to my brother, Mr. Walter Gardner Jr. There was a, an article done on you. There was a, a special issue of Living Blues that came out in late uh, 2019 that kind of focused on bass players and you were featured in there. There was an article done by Scott Beretta, the Mississippi-based uh, blues and music journalist. I-, I was hoping you could tell a little, you, you kind of mentioned it in your first answer, but kind of that initial time that you went out with Walter and I think it was almost like a you, you went in, went up and played like on a break of Jesse Robinson or another band and kind of that initial reaction right. to you. Right. Uh, he took me to Club Checkmate the first time. And I was just bewildered, you know. As a matter of fact, I wrote an article on that and I called it The Girl That Plays Space. And I started out with it like saying, I never knew my brother was going to take me out to this place. You know, at that particular time, that place. Club Checkmate was one of, the, one of the top places that a band that was aspiring uh, could play in. And so he, occasionally they would have major artists to come through. And, and some of the best bands would open up for them. But when nothing was going on through the weekdays or sometimes on weekend, they would host some of the best locals. And Jesse Robinson and his group would play there. My brother was a part of it. Uh, once he told me, if you can't play what I show you, don't you ever pick this bass up no more. And then I played it. He called Jesse and he was how he was elated because he, he had visions in his head then where he wanted me to go. So he, he talked to mother and took me out there and he said, now on the break, get over there. No, he said, you go over there to that table by yourself. Order what you want. I'm pay for it. Get you a burger or something. Don't eat too much because that hair you look sluggish. I need you to play. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so I'm like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so he said, on the break, I'm Jesse gonna call you up because I already talked to him. Oh, I was okay. So on the break, Jesse called me. Um, and Walter, little sister, y'all, y'all never seen nothing like it. Come on up here, Walter. 
when I got up there, the people were laughing when I put the big bass on, because literally, if you had seen me at that time, uh, the bass looked bigger than I. <laughs> <laughs> so when I put that on, and my brother was looking at me with a certain eye, the eye thing like, just do what I told you to do. <laughs> you will be all right. So yeah. that look had me on. So once he kicked it off, I was on. They was laughing and hitting each other, you know, like this was some kind of sideshow. But the more we played, the quieter they got. And by the time we finished, you could have dropped the feather to the floor and heard it hit. The ultimate revenge of the young musician. It let me know I was on the right path, but I, I needed guidance from the higher power. And still today, I, I'm on the construction because I need more technicality at what I do. But what I do, I love it and I do it the best I can. This is Larry Morrissey. Thanks for listening to the podcast version of the Mississippi Arts Hour. The show is broadcast on MPB's statewide radio network on Sundays at 5 p.m. For access to all our past shows, please subscribe to the Arts Hour on your favorite podcasting app. Join us each week for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We have an IT expert, a computer repair ace, and we troubleshoot your problems on the phones as well. Everyday Tech, Wednesdays at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Download the podcast now or listen on YouTube on the MPB Think Radio channel. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. We're back on the Arts Hour. I'm Larry Morrissey, and our guest today is Nellie McGinnis, better known as Nellie Mack. She's a bass player and a band leader based in the Jackson area, and she is one of the Governor's Arts Awards recipients for 2021. Before the break, we were kind of talking about your early years, just getting started on bass. I wanted to segue a little bit and talk about another really important phase in your kind of musical development is when you went back to school and, and studied at Jackson State. And you did a lot of different stuff there. You you, you know, you kind of came up, got started in the, in the blues and R&B circuit, but I think JSU helped to kind of really expand your, your palette, right? Yes, it, it really did. It helped me in many ways. And I was literally under the tutorialship of uh, Mr. J.J. Sampson, director with strings at that particular time. And of course, Dr. Dolly M. E. Robinson, they helped mold my intelligence uh, musically and worldly. And that put me on a, another realm of music I was out on. It's interesting you bring up Dr. Robinson because I had interviewed her years ago and she kind of had a similar experience in that she was, she played like an all male, but she was a, a horn player, I believe, or. Strumpeter. Yeah. And so she was playing in, in kind of bigger she bands. Area, very skilled. But a pioneer like you as well, though. <laughs> Uh, thank you. Uh, it's amazing how you do what you love and how power allows you to do it. I, I, I've heard many names called behind me, Trailblazer, Pioneer, that Mississippi bass player, that female Mississippi bass player, Mac and the Jack. You know, it was so many times. I just laugh at them all. Now at JSU, you were, you would assume like, okay, you played, you know, you were playing electric bass and were accomplished in that, that you would kind of, they would stick you with a, a you know, a string bass or a, a, you know, like a, a concert string bass, acoustic bass. Exactly. So that, what happened that, there? 
Well, as I said, naturally, I, I, once I got in, I wanted technical studies on the electric base. You know, I was all excited. But unfortunately, like I said, at that particular time, they only had areas in certain things. Of course, they're now more developed musically. But at that time, I, was, I couldn't move away due to circumstance. So I had to go with an instrument there in the string area, but that may help me some kind of way, I felt, you know. So naturally, we went with the double bass, but it only so much time you have per lessons with these instructors and things, and you have a lot of rehearsals, and you have to be the one to look that instrument. So when uh, Mr. Sampson felt that I was spending more time trying to get the instrument to the class, <laughs> he, even the quarter side was too big for me at that time. So I showed up for a lesson one day, and when I got to Huff and the Puff, and he was sitting there smiling, <laughs> and then he said, guess what? He said, I got something to ease your Huff and the Puff. <laughs> <laughs> I said, what? And he said, look in the corner behind you. I looked back there, and there was the cello. Now, what I'm supposed to do with that? He said, instead of this one, you're going to play that one. I said, I am. He said, yes. And we went from there, from the positions and how to uh, hold the instrument and understanding the instrument to learning how to play. And of course, you had to do regular recitals. So I spent a lot of time staying up all night long. After I beat and left college with the uh, instrument, my car had broken down. So I was catching the bus with the cello to go to a a school picture packing place and worked to one in the morning paying my neighbor to get my son and get him in, iron his clothes and sit down and practice all night, get up at six, get him to the bus stop. <laughs> mm. So you eventually were part of the JSU um, orchestra, correct? JSU orchestra. And then when I, the band, uh, the jazz band started rehearsing on the other side of the building when we were finishing up orchestral rehearsal in one side. The the building was labeled the orchestra building, but because the the progressiveness of the music department and the building in front of the music department, FD Hall of Music, while everything was happening, practice rooms as well and things, they had no other place, but okay, there's the other side of the orchestra building. Why not let the jazz band use it? And when the orchestra were finished rehearsaling, official rehearsals, not private individuals going in the room, the jazz band rehearsal would begin. And by the time I finished putting my instrument up and making sure it was secure, I kept hearing big band sounds and the electric bass, and it kind of drew me over in that area. And I was, I would watch, and I would watch. And one day, the bass players didn't show up. And Mr. Gorey, who was director over the jazz band at that particular time, they said, Any other, anybody else can just play bass. We just need to go through a passage and make sure it's our. And somebody said, She played bass. And he said, Who? He said, You play bass? I said, Yeah, but, um, you know, at that particular time, I was just learning how to read both the bass and the cello. I was playing the bass, but, uh, I had to go there to learn how to read, and I was trying to learn how to read both of them. And they had me in a cross-cut south. <laughs> yeah. I sat down, and before I knew it, 
Lawrence Jenkins, the drummer in the jazz band, and Dale Morris walked in because she was coming over from communication. And they stood behind me and told me what notes were where and what put my finger. And I was already moving toward them. So it worked out and they ended up initiating me in the jazz band. And we That's had great. about four bass players. But once we start hosting the majors to come in and open performances, it had transitioned from Mr. Gorey to uh, Dr. Kerman Holly. Okay. And he loved my pulse and my attentiveness. And we had four or five bass players, but they would like normally work with workshops of the performers, the major performers coming in to perform for the public. And he always chose me to do the performance. You're listening to the Arts Hour on MPB. I'm Larry Morrissey. And today our guest is Nellie Mack. Nellie McGinnis, better known as Nellie Mack. She's a bass player and band leader in uh, the Jackson area and one of the Governor's Arts Awards recipients for 2021. So while you were at JSU, you, 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 you kind of mentioned that. Now, who were some of kind of the big marquee names of, in jazz that came to JSU that you got to perform with? Once Dr. Holly called the list off and said, okay, here's who's coming. We're going to work toward it. We're going to practice with them. And he named all the people that would be playing. And then he named the bass players and what their role was. And he said, and for the performance, Nellie McInnes will be doing a performance. You will have your music uh, within 24 hours, blah, 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 blah. The first one I played with, actually, I started playing with the performers before Dr. Holly came in. As Mr. Goree was going out, I think the last two performances of his with major artists was Henry Mancini, who wrote The Pink Panther. I played with him and Dick Griffin, uh, renowned trombonist. And then as it transitioned, Dr. Holly uh, researched all the players and everything and how they play and everything. He renamed me as the one that would do the performances. And I did those performances with Clark Terry, Ellis Marcellus, and Dizzy Gillespie. Did you get to interact with any of those folks, kind of one-on-one -on -one or in the group, kind of talking to them about playing in that? Yeah, well, yeah, I talked with them, talked with them slightly, but it was more or less like uh, they talked to me third person, like when we finished rehearsal, each one of them kind of saying the same thing, and it really tickled me. And they were like, uh, Doc, tell that bass player whatever she did at this last rehearsal, we need her to do just that on the show. By the way, she's good. <laughs> Very good. Basically, said the same thing, and it 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 boosted me uh, musically and spiritually. I was thankful that I had gotten that pat on the back. Well, another kind of interesting part of your musical biography, especially from this era, is your is the all female group that you had with some of your fellow students. Oh yeah, that was that was really wonderful and quite interesting at the same time. You know, when you transition to being on the road and then you find like you find out you're missing something that you feel like you should have known about your craft and, and it bothers you. That's how the transition for me being a high school dropout to college happened. And once that happened, you just be off on the plane. So you're, you're kind of all female group. I was hoping you'd 
talk a little bit about oh, that yeah. at JSU, yeah. like who was in it, the name and, and where you played and things like that. Once I got in and within a year, I was walking to class and I saw this um, billboard and I just kind of glanced at all billboards, see what's going on. You know, I'm still new at this, this college game. And then I saw it was a talent show that's going to be held within two weeks. Can you believe it? And anybody could enter and call this number. So I called a number before I had a group. <laughs> it was, they said, well, what's the name of the group? I said, uh, 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 uh. Well, you need to call us back with 24 hours and let us know what the name of your group. So I had, had to keep thinking, I don't hear the group yet, you know. I know I need to play like I used to play, not play like I'm doing this. I just need to play and have fun, you know. I uh, came up with past, present, and future. And then as I came up with it, I ended up having music theory with Cassandra Wilson. And we will set parallel to each other. Then eventually we start agreeing on certain musical things and we start lunching together. And, you know, in 24 hours, 48 hours after I saw the thing, I asked her, because she seemed just a little <laughs> Yeah. And she looked at me and laughed. She said, can I say just a little bit? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, why? I said, they gonna have a talent show in two weeks, and uh, I want to get on it. She said, "Why?" I said, "Cause I want that trophy." Huh. <laughs> she said, "You want to get on a talent show to get a trophy, and you want me to sing just a little bit." I said, "Well, if you can sing more, that'll help." I'm not knowing her background, but we have a good relationship, you know. Right. She was already singing because her father. Uh, bass player was really, really gifted and good, and he would introduce us to a lot of things. And she was doing a few things on her own outside of school, you know. Right. So I'm not really knowing her history, but we talked, and I asked because she seen just a little bit. My thing was I needed to go in there with something different. Everybody was uh, doing like pantomizing the old school uh, karaoke today, and. I need to go in there with something live, I felt. So she said, well, how are we going to do this here? I said, can you meet me in my house? I gave her my address. Then I thought about it. I saw Rhonda playing second violin in the orchestra. Rhonda Richmond. And we had a good relationship talking in between things. So I approached her when I went back over to the orchestra, and she laughed. She said, I play classical music and church music. I said, that's all good and swell. As long as you play music, I just need you to do one song and do a little bit on it. <laughs> she said, when is this? I said, in two weeks. She said, and who you got? I said, I got another uh, person that take music theory. I mean, she going to be that too. Then I thought about Nisi. I'd hear playing gigs before I went to college. I ran into Nisi several times. Charles Evers' daughter, Mega Evers' niece. And she had the most beautiful uh, set of four white coomers and chime. And, and she would sit in with certain people and she was really good. So I hit her up and she was game for it. So now we're meeting at my house. My spouse and my son looking at me like, she done lost her mind. Yeah. <laughs> but we went for it. And by golly, when we realized when we got there, it was at least it was 32 people, I think, was 31, 32 acts, 
but they had like 11, 12 people doing the same song we were going to do. So when I found that out, we decided to come up with a classical arrangement on top of the song, drop the curtains, roll the curtains up once we start playing. And when they come up and we kick the song, start the song off, we'll have them. We shall win. I say, <laughs> we won. We didn't think we won. We were in the dressing room laughing because we done got to know each other and we loving it and having fun. And Lady B came and kicked the door and she said, y'all gonna come and get this trophy off. And we hollered. <laughs> so it was a good moment. We've been friends ever since. This is Larry Morrissey. Thanks for listening to the podcast version of the Mississippi Arts Hour. The show is broadcast on MPB's statewide radio network on Sundays at 5 p.m. For access to all our past shows, please subscribe to the Arts Hour on your favorite podcasting app. Hi, I'm Walt Grayson. You can now listen to the wild, weird, and wonderful stories of Mississippi with Mile Marker. Some of the big names that travel up and down the highways, obviously Elvis and Johnny Cash, and you have Jerry Lewis, Carl Perkins. Join me as we hit the roads of Mississippi on Mile Marker. Johnny Cash suggested that Carl write a song called Blue Suede Shoes that was all kind of created with Aaron Amory. You can listen by going to mpbonline.org slash radio or by using your favorite podcasting app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. We're back on the Arts Hour. I'm Larry Morrissey, and our guest today is Nellie Mack. Nellie McGinnis, better known as Nellie Mack. She's a bass player and a band leader, works in the central part of the state. And and she's also one of the Governor's Arts Awards recipients for 2021. And that show is coming up on MPB television February 19th at 8 o'clock. So Nelly, when we left, we were talking uh, in the last segment about your your all female group that included uh, jazz vocalist Cassandra Wilson, uh, uh, Rhonda Richmond, who now works as a piano player and a songwriter and a singer herself, and uh, Nisi Evers, the daughter of uh, the late Charles Evers. Um, so let's 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 move to if we have time, we'll get back to more of kind of your past. But before we so we don't leave it out, let's talk about some of the stuff you're doing today. You've You've kind of got a wide range of options. If somebody called you and said, Nellie Mac, I need a band for X. Tell them all that you, you have multiple groups and multiple configurations you work in these days. Well, it's according to what they want. And uh, the venue in, in cases and things of that nature, because I can, uh, I've been able to, by the grace, bring you duet, trios, quartets, and et cetera. Um, I had groups large as 13 where I had uh, ch- uh, two cellos and two violins along with the group, you know. So it's what they're asking for I normally present. I have the Nellie Mac project because I felt like I needed to go into something of my own to not only be a band member, put myself in their position, as well as put myself in the band leader's position and try to make it work. Uh, there are most of the gigs, um, I would go home with limited money, if any, making sure my band members would get a certain degree of pay, not minimal pay. I never look at minimal pay for my band leaders because they're surrounding me to make me be who I am and, and enhance what I'm trying to deliver to the people. So you got, I, I've been a band, band member, 
And I prayed to be a band leader to show how this thing could be better as well as do it better. And I became that. So I have not only the project, I have the Nellie Mac, I have Nellie Mac and Soft Wind, which is a gospel group. One one thing, uh, the gospel group that was really good when I first started, uh, we did it at the Grand Casino in Tunica. And that Friday night, May, let's see, what was that Friday night? The OJs were there that Friday. And on Saturday, uh, Frankie Beverly Mays was there. But on Sunday, it was Nellie Mack and Soft Wind. And we did our gospel version, uh, contemporary gospel. Uh, and we opened the door for not to stay just that contemporary, but whatever the gospel that is, is being requested of us, we have a way of delivering in that. And I have the duet, and I use different uh, musicians to work with me on the duet. And sometimes you might see me with Lonnie Joy, sometimes you might see me with Caleb Armstrong, and sometimes you might see me with a pianist. But these are the type of things that I can offer when requested uh, what the needs are. Right. And, and, and so really it's, you know, you're kind of pulling across all of your past experience, right? I mean, going back exactly. to when you were a teenager, right? Exactly. But what all that has led me back around to Nellie Matt, the person, is big band music being done in small settings. I love that feel. And along with that mix with modern day, I do have some things in, in progress that are working. They were working pretty pretty smoothly at one point at one point then COVID hit, of course. And all we can do is work with and how the time goes, how we can. And it will be be presented and it will be delivered at its right time. You are you are known for I mean the strength of your bass playing, but also you can. Uh, I think one of the really notable things about your playing is you, you can really fill out. So I, I've seen you play with as little as just two or three people, and you're able. Yes. You know, a lot of people, a lot of bass players. You know, they're very solid. They'll they, they play very solid time and and you know yeah. provide that pulse. But you kind of go up yeah. and beyond that and often kind of act as a lead instrument within a, within maybe just a guitar, bass and drums kind of situation. So talk about kind of your approach as a performer and a player to your instrument. I love that. I love that. Thank you, Larry, for bringing that up because a lot of people don't understand. And it's not that they don't understand. It's just that I guess they never, I don't want to say seen it, Maybe they seen it and ignored it, but I come with a feel and everything I do. And anyone, uh, everyone that knows me, I'm a mover. If it's nothing but my head and my upper body, if I'm sitting down, but if I'm standing up, I'm really a mover. I try to contain myself. <laughs> 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 but... But nevertheless, but, you got to be who you are. You have, you have, look, you got to, first of all, Larry, you got to love this stuff. <laughs> and once you know you love it and this is what you want to do the rest of your life, you got to go into the audience of it, Larry. You, you, you have to feel this thing. 
to me, music is about feel, regardless of the type you're doing or the genre. It's about feel with me now. Uh, of course, you, you can get a thousand musicians, they come up with their own thing. But with me, it's about feel. And it usually works through my body. Right. You don't, you don't stand, st- you're not a standstill type of player. <laughs> I've been called many things. They don't call me uh, Baby Graham, Baby Birdie White. But they don't call me, I'm just Nelly Mad. Okay. <laughs> I love this stuff, but I'm trying to feel it. If I can feel it, I might be able to play a little bit for you. <laughs> it's about feel, Larry, seriously speaking. And it's a God-given thing. It's a spiritual thing. It has a lot of spirituality involved in, in a feel, a real feel, not a fake feel. If your real feel is there, your deliverance gonna be okay, and the people gonna feel you. If it's real, Larry. You're listening to the Arts Hour on MPB. I'm Larry Morrissey, and today we're talking with Nellie McGinnis, better known as Nellie Mack. She's a bass player and band leader in in Jackson, Mississippi, and she is one of this year's Governor's Arts Awards. She's going to be receiving the Excellence in Music Award uh, for, at the Governor's Arts Awards, which will be taking place. It's a broadcast-only event this year for 2021, and it'll be on MPB television February 19th. That's a Friday at 8 p.m. So, Nellie, before uh, we head out, I wanted to – you've been able – you've had some chances to go overseas and play, and I just wanted you to tell a little about some of those uh, – if you could pick out a couple of those um, memories. Yeah, I enjoyed some overseas travel. Um, well, most of the ones I've done, uh, some in particular were the one I did in, uh, we left uh, Belgium and Finland with Pat Brown and Lee Shot Williams. That was a really great festival. The expectancy was uh, 75,000. I think they met their margin out in an open area. It was wonderful. And the next one I enjoyed was Norway with Eden Brent and Maya Kyles. They wanted a female, female group to come. And we had uh, very limited time to prepare, but uh, we felt each other and we went and we had a great time. And we did a, a miniature tour uh, leaving Oslo, leaving Bulo, uh, Abudo and then going to Oslo, uh, um, Norway. It was wonderful. It was wonderful. If I if travel overseas again could could happen safely, I know we're in the middle of, of something right now, but nevertheless, those are some of the places I would love to go back to again. Yeah, that's hopefully something that will happen again. Well, tell me about... Um... Tell me about your kind of philosophy about teaching music, and that can be as broadly as, you know, I'm sure you've taught in different situations, but, you know, I guess especially kind of working with younger musicians and trying to, you know, kind of, you know, bring out this yeah, idea yeah. Of, of the importance of music in your life and, and communicate with them about that. Uh, I mentioned that on my speech for the Governor's Arts Awards. Uh, to the young bass players and musicians as a whole. And this thing, you have to 
practice, practice, practice. Study, study, study. Pray, pray, pray. Research and listen. I have a student or two now. I chose not to go back in the field of teaching students for 30 years now, but I, as of recently, yeah, I've taken on one or two, and I teach them with this philosophy and take them through the drills of the musicality of it all. I have one uh, particular student that's really, really good, a female, but I have to stay on her about practice because, you know, when they reach teenage, there are other things that are distracting. So you can't beat them on the hand as the old days pianists would do. And I don't, I don't feel like that works anyway. You sit back and talk to them and you listen at them because you want them to listen at you. And I feel like that's the best approach uh, to teaching. I even started a program some years back. The program is almost, uh, it's still active, but with COVID, who knows? But it was called Catch Them While They're Young. And I feel like the, the, the earliest, the youngest, the younger uh, the student is, the better you can get through to them and the better they'll do. However, that's not proven to be so now. But I, I feel like the younger you get them, the better. If people are interested in learning more about you and your music and, and uh, if they had something coming up in the future and are looking for music, how where can you direct them to learn more about Nellie Mack? Well, there are a couple of artists, articles out there on me, and then there's The Life and Legacy of B.B. King, uh, a book out there with a conservative approach about me in there. Also, they can always contact the Mississippi Arts Commission online and find out more about me and my contact information. Great. And that is a good reminder. So you were featured in the December 2019 uh, issue of Living Blues. It's a focus on bass players in the blues. And there's a nice, uh, pretty nice detailed article by Scott Beretta on you in there. And of course, you've got lots of clips up on YouTube and Facebook and that so people can find you that way. Nellie, thanks again. Um, uh, for anybody who is tuning in late, this has been Nellie Mack. She's one of the Governor's Arts Awards recipients for 2021, and she'll be receiving the award, and there will be a performance as part of the Governor's Arts Award broadcast. It's a broadcast-only event this year, and it will be on MPB television on Friday, February 19th at 8 o'clock. So, Nellie, thanks again for joining us. Mary, thank you so very much. You remind me of Dick Clark. You never get so old. <laughs> this is Larry Morrissey. Thanks for listening to the podcast version of the Mississippi Arts Hour. The show is broadcast on MPB's statewide radio network on Sundays at 5 p.m. For access to all our past shows, please subscribe to the Arts Hour on your favorite podcasting app. Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, professor of internal medicine and pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app.